This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. Uncertainty remains for the grain market. Summit Commodities Market Analyst Tim Marsh says it's interesting how quickly attitudes can change. In just a week, a week ago now, we were all bowled up over the pro-farmer numbers, and then right on into Monday after their numbers, their corn number in particular, had come out so low. And since then, as it is with commodities, the attitudes of, uh, you know, through yesterday, I done a 180-degree reversal about regarding you know, shutdowns in China and you know, possible world economic weakness that would re- you know, create less demand. And, and, of course, to talk about the bean crop, uh, Pro Farmers' bean number was pretty big, and others have uh, kind of leaning in that same direction. So here we are. We're bouncing back today ahead of a three-day weekend. Marsh says the September 12th USDA report will be the first yield-based survey of the new crop marketing year. This report is important when it comes to determining what the harvest low may be. It is a time of the year when it's tough to maintain a rally if you don't get a pretty bullish report. And, and this year in particular, there's going to be there, there will be a, a lot of talk through the next couple of months about how much bigger the South American crops are going to be. We won't really get to the point where we worry about those crops too much until the, you know, late December into January. So most of the news out of South America over the next couple of months is going to be bearish at about the same time we're harvesting our crops. So that September 12th report is pretty important. It really needs to be quite bullish in order to rekindle the bullish enthusiasm for the market that was you know, present here earlier in the year when we had our big rallies. If it's not, then uh, it's, it's a time of year when, when you could very easily sell off and, and uh, and fade into, into the fall. Harvest across the Dakotas and Minnesota will start picking up the pace following the Labor Day holiday. Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Tom Lilja reminds growers to be watching those basis levels. You know, last year Canada had a drought and we saw a big giant sucking sound of corn up that way. Now you've got southeastern South Dakota that's going to be down significantly on yields. So really for the corn producers in the region, uh, it's going to be a, a basis play. I think uh, you're going to have a lot of power uh, having your corn in the bins, and there will be some very good basis opportunities through the winter and through the spring. Spring wheat basis bids at the three of the six regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, are starting to show that harvest pressure. Spring wheat basis at Minot, Finley, and New Salem, North Dakota earlier this week widened by five to 15 cents from the previous week. Grebner, South Dakota, along with Eulen and Warren, Minnesota, are unchanged from one week ago. New crop corn and soybean basis remains unchanged from a week ago. USDA will not publish its weekly export sales report until mid-September at the earliest. USDA pulled the report after a technical problem caused uncertainty in the markets. USDA plans to revert to its legacy system while it fixes the new system. Van Onn Company market analyst Christy Van Onn is closely watching Watching China purchases. It's kind of an in-between, right? Does this bring China in to buy a little bit more grain? But overall, it just kind of muckies the water, and you just don't know exactly. And it's not kind of, it's nice to get those weekly ones to keep it accountable of, of where the export number comes from USDA on the demand side of things. So I think you have that lack of information, and, and anytime you have a lack of information, it never really works out for the bull. Weaning is right around the corner in the northern plains, and that comes with feeder cattle sales at auction barns. Bagley Livestock Auction co-owner Billy Bushell thinks prices for the upcoming feeder cattle run will be competitive. There is concern packers could gain control of the fat cattle market. If the packers are able to control that fat cattle market, we could have lower numbers, which we have. 
and uh, still not achieve the full potential of what the feeder cattle are worth or the fat cattle are worth. A friendly reminder, grain markets are closed Sunday night and during the day Monday. The markets will reopen Monday night at 7 o'clock Central Time. Livestock markets open again Tuesday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. You can count on the bean experts at Johnstown Bean Company and TMT Bean and Seed. The owners are also dry bean growers just like you and know what it takes to produce top yields and quality. Agronomists are available to give you expert advice and will answer your questions. While the companies are locally owned, they market your beans worldwide. Johnstown Bean Company and TMT Bean and Seed. Local growers, global connections. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. This week in agriculture, a tragedy dominating our news this week, Leeds, North Dakota farmer Doug Dalmage was one of four victims of a murder-suicide in Towner County. That incident taking place Monday while Dalmage was combining wheat. Doug owned a Pioneer Seed Agency and was on the Red River Farm Network airwaves in May of 2019. Uh, I believe this is my 11th year already. Uh, grows, grows every year. Uh, mainly corn and soybeans. Cover a pretty good footprint? Oh, n not huge. Uh, well, I guess this morning I was 15 miles away moving some corn seed around, so it's probably bigger than you realize. Yeah, right. I was kind of thinking that. You don't realize how, how much an impact you do have. Dalmich was president of the Benson County Farm Bureau and served the Leeds community as a first responder. Rural mental health specialist Monica McConkie says a tragedy like this will have a ripple effect through the community. When these, you know, events happen in small communities, everybody is touched on some level because everybody knows the people involved, they know their kids, their families, and so it, it, it really can, um, gosh, impact a small community in such a big way. It's very pervasive. Resources are available for people who are struggling with thoughts of suicide or anxiety. That includes the new 988 crisis hotline. With two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, the U.S. economy is in a technical recession. The new Rabobank North American Agribusiness Review says the economy is fading and a recession will be declared officially soon. That report says phosphate and potash prices should moderate while a volatile nitrogen fertilizer market leaves the potential for higher prices for the 2023 growing season. Rabobank says the potential for double-digit increases in seed prices is there. According to the latest Kansas City Fed report, there's been an uptick in interest rates, but land values are slowing down. Federal Reserve Vice President Nate Kaufman says in comparison to last year, 
those land gains, those gains in land values have changed. The last thing that I would add is just with respect to land values, that's something that we pay a lot of attention to as a headline indicator for agriculture. And we've seen some softening there too, not to the point where things are declining outright, but just not the kinds of gains that we would have seen earlier in the year. So we're watching that again as, as some confirmation of, of what we're seeing with respect to the overall environment. The Minnesota Board of Animal Health confirmed a case of highly pathogenic avian influenza in a commercial turkey flock in Meeker County. Minnesota Board of Animal Health Communications Director Michael Cruzan says the board has been preparing for a resurgence of bird flu, but this detection was a bit earlier than expected. Expected is the key word there because it is something that we were preparing for. We were ready for it to reemerge in the fall here. It just came a little bit earlier than we anticipated, but that doesn't really change anything except the timeline of our response. We uh, jumped on that first one that we found here right away, and we're ready to go with any subsequent detections. Avian influenza has also been confirmed in a backyard chicken flock in Cass County, North Dakota. That detection triggers a suspension of all poultry events across the state. Fall harvest brings a labor crunch every season. Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association Executive Director Harrison Weber says finding enough labor for the sugar beet harvest is tough. You know, I think we're unique because we need help for, you know, a very narrow window of time. And so, you know, we're not able to offer somebody, you know, steady employment, you know, necessarily throughout the year. But what a what a fantastic opportunity for folks that, you know, uh, maybe grew up at the farm or their grandparents did and, and want to get back to the farm and, and help. And That's Farm News this week in agriculture. Cap off your summer with the Western Minnesota Steam Threshers Reunion Labor Day Weekend in Rowlock, Minnesota. This year, featuring Rumley Oil Pull Tractors and Machinery, along with Kerosene Annie. You'll enjoy hundreds of exhibits and demonstrations, Thresherman's Homestyle Meals, and more. You can ride the rails with the 353 locomotive. Something for everyone. September 2nd through the 5th, Labor Day Weekend. The Western Minnesota Steam Threshers Reunion. You'll find more details at rowlock.com. Join the Red River Farm Network at the Big Iron Farm Show in Fargo, September 13th, 14th, and 15th. The Red River Farm Network building is on the west side of the fairgrounds across from the food court. We'll have daily market outlook forums at 1.30. Analysts include Christy Van On, Mike Zuzlo, Brett Elke, and more. Visit rrfn.com for the full schedule, sponsored in part by Premium Ag Services, North Dakota Farmers Union, and Farmers Mutual of Nebraska. See you at Big Iron. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Most crops are a few weeks behind schedule. Nutrient Ag Solutions Senior Meteorologist Andrew Pritchard says it doesn't look like an early frost is coming anytime soon. I think there may be some interruptions here as we get into, you know, past the first week of September into mid-September. But by and large across the northern plains, you know, there's no early evidence of a um, sudden shift toward a cold pattern that's going to bring in an early frost. There's no strong evidence of a big storm system coming in and, and you know, a big shift toward a real rainy pattern or anything like that. If anything, as we look into the first part of September, as we get closer to harvest, Temperatures likely leaning a little bit warmer than average, and then conditions probably leaning a little bit drier than average, which, again, is going to be a bit of a shift uh, compared to the last few weeks. So uh, overall, 
favorables, but of course, you know, some wild cards that we, we can't see yet, I'm sure, are looming out there in weeks two and three. Wheat harvest is mostly wrapped up in South Dakota. South Dakota Wheat Commission Executive Director Reed Christofferson says the winter wheat and spring wheat harvest were not the same. Winter wheat harvest was uh, just absolutely exceptional. Uh, producers had good, bountiful yields, 60 to 80, uh, certainly field reports of 100 to 120. Good quality, good protein, just uh, really turned out to be a nice harvest. Spring wheat, a little bit different. Uh, we got into uh, much spottier conditions with the uh, probably heading flowering right at some of the extreme heat. Um, so we're going to be a little bit lower, whereas uh, winter wheat uh, probably in the mid-50s for a statewide average. Uh, spring wheat's going to be in the low 40s, areas that uh, certainly uh, were not harvested. But uh, as we move to the north and to the east, we also had some good spring wheat conditions. Pioneer Associate Territory Manager Nellie Spence was part of day number four for the Red River Farm Network crop tour. Spence says the corn maturity varies across Cass County. It was quite the hairy spring, quite the nail biter we had, but we got saved by some pretty nice heat this summer, and it's actually really sped along the crop pretty fast. Um, as far as corn goes, I mean, we're seeing anything from, you know, maybe being 10 days out from finishing all the way to maybe a month out from finishing, and this is all within the same county. And Spence says the late season rains really helped fill those soybean pods out nicely. Dry bean harvest is just beginning. Forest River Bean Company manager Brian Chanelek says even the late planted dry beans should yield above average this year. Probably, you know, an average crop to above average crop this year in our region. You know, we're all challenged with late plantings, too much moisture, too much moisture, late plantings, things not getting in on time. And I think in my 40 years of farming, I've never seen cereal grains and row crops both be good. We're probably in that situation this year. So I would say maybe half of our acres got planted a little late. But due to genetics, maybe a little slight disease pressure, maybe today's genetics been a little bit daylight sensitive that um, I think if we, if we can get maybe a week beyond our average frost, we should be very pleased. And wheat harvest is progressing in northeastern North Dakota. CHS Glaston site manager Thomas Chute says spring wheat harvest is picking up in the Pembina area. We're seeing moisture come down recently uh, after some, some pretty heavy fog and dew. Uh, a few days last week, we're finally getting down into dry, dry conditions. Um, spring wheat protein has been anywhere from 12 up to 15, so uh, we're, good to, we're seeing a good variety there. Yields have been really mixed. I haven't heard a lot from producers in this area in terms of what they're seeing, but um, it, it's looking like a good crop. And Chute says quality has been good. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Join Ag Week as they report from the annual Big Iron Farm Show from the Red River Valley Fairgrounds in West Fargo, North Dakota, September 13th through the 15th. Ag Week will catch up with leaders in agribusiness, farm policy and markets, and bring you the latest news straight from the show. Catch up with the latest in ag news in Ag Week magazine or Ag Week TV and at agweek.com. Look for Ag Week at the Big Iron Farm Show. Keep up to date on this year's harvest right here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, and the North Dakota Mill. 
We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.